that are four to seven, but they just, they're still here. Amen. Amen. All right. Chapter, chapter one of Second Peter uh, and verse 20 and 20. Uh, as I was saying, that the first Sunday of the year we preached about God. And we said, remember God, you think of nothing and uh, nowhere and no one. And then last Sunday morning we preached on Jesus, who is Jesus. And so we had a, a tremendous time with that, find out who Jesus was. And then we found this morning we're going to find our text out of chapter 1 of Second Peter, our subject's going to be the Holy Bible. The Holy Bible. I want us to know in 2024 who God is and who Jesus is, but we also need to know who the Bible is. Amen? And so we're going to talk about that here this morning. I'm sure that it will not end here, but we'll start here this morning. And so let's stand to our feet in honor of God's Word, and let's begin reading uh, there in verse 20 and 21. Uh, we'll come back to this. We won't start out here, but we'll get there. Just have a little bit of introduction to go through to, to try to preach on the subject, the Holy Bible. If you have a Bible, it will probably say the Holy Bible on it, uh, somewhere on it. Mine's on the side of it. I don't know where yours might be, uh, but uh, it will say the Holy Bible. So what we have in our hand that's considered the Holy Bible, we're going to try to figure out what it is, who it is, and where it is. That's my points. Is what, who, where. And so we hope to get there this morning and the days ahead. Here in verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We are so grateful that we can know about God and we can know about Jesus, and yet now we can know about the Holy Bible. We pray, Father, that you'd open our eyes, our hearts, that we might receive the things of God. God, you may make these things real clear to us and make them real simple. God, that we may see it and then we may act upon it. God, help us to apply what we hear this morning. God, help us to do what we hear. God, help us to be, uh, Lord, obedient to you and that we might follow you with all our hearts. God, help us to love the Lord God, God, follow our heart and soul and mind and strength today. Father, may you get glory and may you be praised and may you be exalted, magnified in every word and every thought that might be said today. Father, do a work within our hearts and our lives today. Change us for the glory of God. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. You may have a lot of books in your life, but the greatest book will be the Holy Bible. You may read texts and you may read your Facebooks and you may read all other things that may come through in life, but you'll never read a greater book than the Holy Bible. You may have books on your shelves. Or you may have books on your, uh, on your, in your room. You may have books uh, other places. But friend, you'll not find anything like the Holy Bible. One thing about the Holy Bible this morning, it's not written for you. Amen? It's not written for us. It's not written for the world it's written for us to know God. Amen? And so the Bible is not about us. The Bible is about God. The Bible is about the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes and many times I think in our lives we, we always seem to make ourselves the sinner. It's kind of funny to me whenever you find a photo. Uh, for example, there's a photo right out the door there. It's that group that was in vacation Bible school. I don't know if you've seen the photo yet. Uh, and so if you was in vacation Bible school, then you're in that photo. But what's weird about that is when you walk by there, what do you look for? Yourself. You look for you. <laughs> and it just seems to be you are the one that you, any photo you look like, or when you take a picture of somebody, let me see if I look good or not. Make sure my, make sure my hair's right. Make sure my glasses are straight. Make sure, you know, I got it together. No, I don't like that one. Get rid of that one. Don't send that one. I mean, it always seems to be 
us, right? I mean, it's always kind of centered right with us. But the Word of God's different, but man tries to make it the same. When they read the Bible, they're reading the Bible thinking that they're in it. Like they're the main important person about reading the Bible. But the Holy Bible is about God. It's about Jesus. It's about the things of God. And so when you read the Word of God, you're going to look for the things of God and not you. We kind of, sometimes we, got to, we can't separate that. And so it kind of brings delusion. That's why the Bible, when it's read, whenever you're looking about you, about what you can do and how you can find something in there that will do something about you, that's why it gets boring. That's why it it gets to the place where it just seems like I can't understand it or I can't get it or it's just not the interest kind of goes away because you're looking for you. And when you start looking for God, you start looking for Jesus, it gets exciting. The Holy Bible... But what a, what a name that that is. And Brother Keith uh, this morning talked about the holiness of God. I thought it was kind of uh, strange that God would put these two messages together. Uh, but the Holy Bible. Now you think about the Holy Bible this morning. What makes it holy? Uh, what makes it holy? Uh, you think, well, you know, there's a lot of things that could make it holy. I mean, the, the Holy Bible, what makes it holy? And you say, well, what are the subjects? Well, the subjects is this in the Holy Bible. Abortion, abuse, adultery, homosexuality, adultery, fornication, murder, war, lies, deception, hate, vengeance, incest, gossip, killing, anger, bitterness, rape. Should I go on? I think we probably got the point, right? That was all in the Bible. Everything that I just mentioned and many, many other things that I could say that I didn't mention is in the Bible. And so if you ever took a survey of what's in the Bible, you'll find all that sin. You'll find all that depravity. You'll find all that vice. You'll find all that wickedness and evilness is in the Bible. And they call it what? The Holy Bible. How in the world can we get a holy Bible when everything in all the world is wicked and ugly and very much you and I don't want anything to do with it, but it's all from Genesis to Revelation, all filtered through and spattered through all this evil, all this meanness and ugliness and all this sinfulness is all through that. We call that the Holy Bible. So how is it holy? How do you think it might be hope? Well, i tell you why that we call it the Holy Bible or why it's called the Holy Bible. is because, see, in the Bible, in the Bible we find that the things that are spoken of the Bible are true. So whatever it says about homosexuality is true. Whatever it says about abortion, whatever it says about anger, about murder, about war, about adultery, about fornication, about being a whoremonger, all these evil, wicked, ungodly, depraved all things that you and I face on a daily basis, we see them on TV, we see them out there in the public, we know of them today, it's all around us, everywhere we go, all about us today, all this evil, but what makes the Bible holy is it's the only book that tells the truth about those things. Right. Amen. Right. And everything else is a lie. Everything else you hear on the internet, everything you else you hear on Google, everything you hear from mom and daddy and grandma and grandpa, everything else you hear from friends and neighbors and those that you care for and those that you don't, amen? The only book in all the world that will give you the truth about every evil and wickedness and ungodliness is the Word of God. Amen. And so we find that's what makes it holy. That's what gives us the truth. And so this morning, the Holy Bible, it's about telling us the truth about all. And so we find the love for the Bible now. 
Now we find the interest of the scripture. We find now that, man, if I have a book that tells me of everything about everything, about all things, and I know that everything that is written in the word of God is true, I'm all over it. Amen? From Genesis to Revelation, 66 books, 39 in the old, 27 in the new. Friend, I'm going to read them. I'm going to look at them. I'm going to memorize them. I'm going to meditate upon them. I'm going to apply them. I'm going to use them. I'm going to have them. I'm going to get them. It's the word of God and it's truth. Amen. 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 The Bible, the Holy Bible. That's why it's so near and dear to those who know the truth. To those who know God and God's word this morning, you could say, and you will say, without any doubt, that the word of God is the word of truth. If we want to know anything, man, it's in this Bible. But what's more than this, what's in this Bible, it's true. And we live in such falseness today. And really, the, the media don't care about truth. They don't, the politics don't care about truth. I mean, listen, friend, most people don't care about truth. Churches don't care about truth. It don't seem like even parents care about truth. Uh, spouses don't care about truth. Where do you go find to get truth at? The Word of God. And so if you're at a church and they're preaching the Word of God, the Holy Bible, you might want to stay there, amen? You might want to just hang out a little while and get you a little bit of truth, amen? For the truth shall make you free. That's what's wrong with the world today. And most churches today is they've been so watered down. They've been so given everything but the word of truth. They've been given everything all lies. And friend, they don't know what the truth is. They don't, know what to, they don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They don't know how to do it. They don't know what to worship anymore. They don't know who to serve. They don't know who to give their lives to. Friend, they're running around saying where and who and what. I mean, we've got 20,000 different versions of the Bible. Uh, we've got churches that preach so it's different gospels and we got people that do different things and different worship ways and different belief systems and where in the world are we at today in 2024 well we got a holy bible amen word of truth now we need to know about it amen we need to know about it so we know what to do with it this morning i want you to know it's number one concerning the holy bible can i say what is the Word of God. What is the Word of God? If you had to give an answer to that, I wonder what you would say. What is the Word of God? Well, you know, it sounds like that the Word of God would be the Word of God. <laughs> Whatever thus saith the Lord, that might be it. And you know that is it. And so we're grateful for that this morning. But let's look at a verse here and look at 1 Kings with me this morning. As, what is the Word of God? Well, the Word of God this morning, it is what God is saying. Now, I know that's not very profound. That's kind of elementary. Uh, but listen, friend, that's very important here this morning to know that the Word of God is what God is saying in first kings chapter 12 and look in verse 22 with me i I want you to show the scripture i usually read it out to you but i want you to see it today the bible says in first kings chapter 12 and verse 22 he says but the word of god came unto shimei the man of god's saying the word of god came unto shimei the man of god saying. So what is the Word of God? It's what God is saying. All right? Very, I mean, I know it's simple this morning, but let's just kind of put it to where we are today. So what is the Word of God? The Word of God is what God is saying. Not what man is saying, not what Moses has said, not what Isaiah said, not Ezekiel said, not Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, any, none, nobody, but what God says. So you have a book in your hand, it's what God says. Now that ought to have some credibility this morning. Uh, That ought to have some authority this morning that what I've got is the word of God and it's what God says. So if I'm this morning in this, the word of God came on the Shemai, the man of God saying, 
Then look at 1 Chronicles 17, 3. 1 Chronicles 17, 3. And we'll, we'll get to preaching in a minute, but we'll, we'll just have to get through this, if you don't mind, just kind of a slow go so that we can get it, because I want us to get it this morning concerning the Word of God, since it is about the only book this morning that we can have that's true. First, First Chronicles, I'm sorry, First Chronicles chapter 17, verse 3. The Bible says, And it came to pass the same night that the Word of God came to Nathan, saying saying. So we find in two different scriptures that when the Word of God came, the Word of God came saying. Saying. So what is the Word of God? The Word of God is what God is saying. Number two, I want you to notice it's what Jesus is saying. Look in Luke chapter 5 with me this morning. Luke chapter 5. And I know so far it's been very elementary, but that's okay. I like ABCs as well. Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gisenerit. Now the question is this morning is what is the word of God? Well, it is what God is saying. We've seen that already in the Old Testament. I have many more, but I don't have time for all that. But in the Old Testament, we had two places, two or three established as a matter, the Bible says. And so we find in the Old Testament, what is the Word of God? It's what God is saying. But look right here what the Bible is saying about the Word of God. It says, hear the Word of God. Now, I understand that many of us think this morning that the Word of God is only when you have a Bible. Now, we're in the New Testament. The Word of God has not been written yet. The New Testament hasn't been written yet, amen? We don't have the, the New Testament as we have today in that period of time in Luke chapter 5. But look what the Bible calls of itself that what Jesus was saying, the Word of God. And so in Luke chapter 5, whatever Jesus was saying was the Word of God. Is that what it's saying? Yes. So even though the King James Version Bible or the Word of God that you might have in your hand this morning was not printed, it's still the Word of God. So what Jesus says is the Word of God. Now look at chapter 8, Luke 8, verse 21. The Bible says, And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these that hear the word of God and do it. So what is the mother and brother who is speaking there? Jesus is speaking. So what Jesus is saying to them, my mother and brother are those that hear the word of God. Stay with me now. What is the word of God? What Jesus says. That's the word of God. We find in Luke chapter 11 and verse 28. Luke chapter 11 and verse 28. The Bible says once again, And he said, who's speaking Jesus, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. So we can honestly say this morning, according to the study that we've already done, that the word of God, or what is the word of God? Well, the word of God is what the God saith, and it's what Jesus saith. Thirdly, I want you to notice, it's what the Word of God, or the Bible saith. What the Bible saith is the Word of God. So what God says is the Word of God. What Jesus says is the Word of God. And then what the Bible says is the Word of God. Those three gives us that truth. In Luke chapter 24, and look in verse 27. Chapter four, 24 of Luke in verse 27. The Bible says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now stick with me here. This is, this is clever by the Lord Jesus Christ. So during the New Testament, we had the Old Testament, right? 39 books. 
The Old Testament has always been divided into three different segments. The Jews, scribes, have always from the very beginning have described the, their Bible, which their Bible is the Old Testament only, not the New Testament. But the Old Testament, uh, from Genesis to Malachi, we find 39 books, and those 39 books have always been divided into three groups. The first group is the Law of Moses. All right, if you want to write that down, it would be probably good to write that down. So we find the first section is the Law of Moses. The second section that's always been uh, by the Jewish people is prophets. That's the second section. The third section is called writings or psalms. All right, so the Old Testament is divided into three. The Hebrews have done that ever since the beginning. Now Jesus says right here in verse 27, he says unto them, he says, beginning at Moses. Now beginning at Moses, you know what that means? Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So Jesus is saying to them, these are called the scriptures. Is that what he's saying? He's saying there, under them all the scriptures beginning in Moses. And so we can say this morning that Jesus, the word of God, has now declared that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers, or Numbers and Deuteronomy, is called scriptures. Okay? We find that to be true. And then in verse 27 it says, all the prophets. That's the second portion. Now I'm going to give you what the prophets entail. Here are the books. Joshua, Judges, Samuel, Kings, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. What Jesus is saying to that one verse is all of, I've already mentioned, all the prophets and all the law of Moses. I'm expounding, and it's all about me. Right, right. <laughs> he said, that's called Scripture. Hey, man, ain't that good? That's called Scripture. You say, yeah, Brother Larry, but there's another part. There's a third part. You know, you're missing Ruth, Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, the Song of Solomon, Lamentation. You're missing all that. Oh, but look at verse 44. Jesus catches up. He says, and he said unto them, There are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. He gets it caught up right there. You see, what Jesus is saying to that crowd, that I'm going to let you know, there are 39 books that is written that are called scriptures. And those scriptures are about me. All of them. Stay with me now. And so now we got covered, and could we say with honesty this morning, that's why I'm going slow, uh, this morning that we could say with honesty that according to Jesus, that all the Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi are called scriptures. The Word of God. The word scripture means holy writ. The word scripture means document. All right? So when you see the word scripture, it means holy writ. It means document. And so what Jesus is saying to the New Testament is all of the Old Testament is called scriptures. It's a document. It's been written. It's holy. It's about me. 
All right? So we find this morning that not only what is the Word of God, it's what God saith. It's what Jesus saith. It's what the Bible saith. That's the Word of God. That is, this morning, you and I could say, called the Scriptures. So Jesus just now confirmed that the Old Testament is called Scriptures. Now this is big. Because there's other people who say there's other books that belong in this book. The only problem with that is Jesus didn't identify any of those books. All the papacus and all the people say the book of Enoch and the book of this and the book of that and the Catholic Church has these, all these other books that are part of this inspirational group there. Listen, friend, if Jesus didn't put it in the category of the Scriptures, it's not there. So don't worry about all these other naysayers and all these other people who say, well, there's more of the Word of God than the 66 books that's in the Bible. You tell them, friend, Jesus described what was in the Old Testament. That's right. Amen. Amen. Anyway, anyway, I got a little excited right there. I do have a little passion for the Bible. I do. And especially when we start talking about the King James Version Bible. I don't know if I get to that this morning, uh, but I'll get to it. Hey, man, I tell you, there's some real passion with that this morning. I want you to turn, if you would, as Jesus is now made, that the Old Testament is called Scriptures. I want you to look in Mark chapter 12 with me and look in verse 10. I'm just going to bring some confirmation here so that we all understand and know, and I want to bring the Scripture to light. Mark chapter 12 and look in verse 10. The Bible says, And have you not read this scripture? Have you not read this scripture? So he's fixing to tell you the scripture that you haven't read. He said this, The stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. Well, where is that found in the Bible? Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 16. You see, Jesus called the Old Testament scriptures. I want to show you another one. I always like to have two or three. In Luke chapter 4, look in there in verse 21 with me. Luke chapter 4, Luke, Luke chapter four and verse 21. The Bible says, And he began to say unto them, This day is the Scripture fulfilled in your ears. Jesus calling the Old Testament Scripture, where did he quote it? In verse 18. Well, what is it in verse 18 and where is it added in the Old Testament? Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. That's where you'll find it. Now, what's important this morning is all I'm trying to, to, to verify this morning is what you've got in your hand is called the Holy Bible. But what makes it holy is because it tells it the truth about everything that's unholy or holy. But what makes it the Word of God this morning is because what we have is what God saith and what Jesus saith and what the Word of God saith. And the Word of God saith that Jesus said that the Old Testament so far are called the Scriptures. And if you got the Scriptures, then you've got what Jesus would call the Word of God. Number two, the Bible confirmed the Scriptures. Not only Jesus confirmed the Scriptures, but the Bible confirmed the Scriptures. In John chapter 2, turn there with me if you don't mind, and look in verse John chapter 2 and verse 22 this morning. The Bible says, When therefore He was risen from the dead, His disciples remembered that He had said this unto them, and they believed the Scriptures and the word which he had said. Now let's read this again because we might miss it. So we're, we're in John. Jesus at this point has not died. He has not risen from the dead. He will, but he hasn't yet. He's about to in chapter 3 deal with Nicodemus about his need for salvation. But we read in verse 22, it says, When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said 
Now these are important points that Jesus said something unto them and they believed the scripture. Jesus said something unto them and they believed the scripture. Let me say it one more time. And Jesus said unto them and they believed the scripture. And the word which Jesus had said, is the word of God really saying that whenever they heard Jesus speak, that was the scripture? That's what it says. That the very words of Jesus that were spoken out of the very mouth of the Lord Jesus are called scriptures. Woo! Oh, my! Jesus' words is the scriptures. And they tell me he's just a prophet. They tell me he was just a good teacher. They tell me that he's not God. They tell me that Jesus died. Don't that tell them where he's at right now? They tell me that Jesus was just a man. They're telling me that Jesus is just like everybody else. That Jesus was just a person. And he's nobody special. He's not beyond or beyond anyone. I say to you, friend, that Jesus is God. If the very words that proceed out of his mouth this morning is the word of God, the scriptures this morning... He's God. Amen. <laughs> I don't know who you're listening to, but the Word of God is just true. Amen. You say, well, give me more. Oh, I'll give you more. John chapter 7, turn there with me. I'm getting to the message. John chapter 7, look at verse 38. The Bible says... And he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Let me, let me read it again because, again, this is an in-depth thing. Really it's not, but. He that believeth on me, Jesus speaking, as the scripture has said. So what has the scripture said? Out of this belly shall flow rivers of living water. And so in my search, in my search of those scriptures this week, I began to search if, if Jesus is considering that only the Old Testament is scripture, which we confirm that. Right? I hope nobody has any doubt that the Old Testament is called scripture. All right, so that, them 39 books are done and over. We know they're scripture. Now we're talking about going from Matthew to Revelation. There's a, now there's, a 20, there's a 27 books, right, uh, that now we have to figure out where they come from. And Jesus already has said, according to the Scripture, that His words are called Scripture. Amen. And now Jesus says that the Scriptures, and then He quotes what He's talking about, but I don't find that anywhere in the Old Testament. I challenge you to find anything about living waters flowing out of your belly, any of that. You can't find it in the Old Testament. There's nowhere there. I look for it. I took a long time to look for it. So, what's Jesus talking about? Has he not lost his mind? Has he become fake right here? Has he become phony? Is he just throwing out some words? No, i, I tell you what happened is because it says in verse 38, He that believeth on me as the Scripture has said. If you go back to John chapter 4, he meets a woman at the well. And when he meets the woman at the well in verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, who is that saith to thee, Give me drink, and thou wouldest have asked of him, he would have given thee living water. The first time living water is mentioned. Huh. Look, at, look now in verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. 
Friend, that's exactly what Jesus was referring to. And what did Jesus refer to? He called what he told the woman at the well concerning about the water being in the belly or being in them and overflowing and coming out to the everlasting life. We find that Jesus said that was Scripture. Am I right? Have you ever heard this before? No. How come people don't preach this stuff? It takes work. <laughs> That's why. So we find now we're just trying to get our heads around what is the Word of God. The Word of God, Jesus said, is the Old Testament's called Scriptures. And now Jesus is saying everything He says is Scripture. Because in this John chapter 7, when He said that, there was no written Word. But it was still the Scriptures. Man. Aren't you glad for truth? I love it, man. I eat it up like a fajita down at Papacina's. Chicken fajita, by the way. Man, with that pico de gallo, put them homemade tortillas, and you get that old uh, uh, queso, a pole mat. Man, they got the best queso in all the world. It used to be Monterey House, but old Monterey House got beat out by Papacitas. And man, you got them old chips, and old chips are homemade. They're thin, they're crispy. And you dip it down in there, and you get your, uh, some jalapenos on there, and you get some, uh, you get some uh, uh, avocados upon there, and you'll get that old butter that's melted on there, man. I know I went way out of whack right here, but let me just finish. That is good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but this is good stuff here. Too. <laughs> oh, my, my spiritual hunger, my spiritual thirst, and my spiritual stomach this morning just won't give me more. I hate it when I get full at Papacitas. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 35, that was just a little commercial. <laughs> back, back to the scriptures. We find in, Mark, in John chapter 10, verse 35, concerning the scriptures. Now listen, the Old Testament is scriptures. Everything that Jesus ever said was scriptures we find so far. And now he says, Jesus says in verse 35 of chapter 10, oh, I love this too. He says in the last portion of that passage it says whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken that means friend all of the Old Testament and everything that Jesus ever said that was heard or wasn't heard friend is now the scriptures it cannot be unloosed it cannot be unbinded and it cannot be undone what are you saying, brother? I'm saying this this morning, that whatever God has said and that became the Scriptures in the Old Testament and whatever Jesus has said and become the, Old, the New Testament words, they cannot be changed. They cannot be undone and unloosed and unbinded. I don't care what kind of scholar you are or what kind of student you are this morning. I don't care this morning how much study you got and how smart you think you are, friend. You cannot break the Scriptures. Aren't you glad? That's telling me this morning that what I have in my hand and what I can look upon and what I can handle this morning and what I can hear and what I can preach this morning is something that Jesus said will not ever be broken. That's the kind of Bible I want, don't you? My soul is depending upon it. My eternity is depending upon this thing. You better get the right Bible. We find here, thirdly, the Scripture this morning not only cannot be broken, but I notice the Scripture cannot pass away. Look in Luke 20, 21 with me. Luke 21, I, I'm trying to hurry. I'm trying not to be boring. I'm trying to meet everybody's need here this morning. I hope this morning that you're hungry and thirsty for the Word of God. If you are, you might be getting just a little appetizer. Give me more, bro. Luke 21, verse 33. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words. What is his words? Scripture. Scripture shall not pass away. Oh man, now the scripture says it cannot be broken. 
But the scripture says it cannot pass away. It made his friend that you can't do anything with it. You can't get rid of it. You can't burn them and think they're going away. You can't put them in a ditch and think you got rid of them. Listen, you can't get rid of the scriptures this morning. They will not pass away. Fred, when you die, they're here. And Fred, when you came, you were here. And if you get reincarnated, <laughs> I don't believe in reincarnation, but you might. And you come back, it's one of that roach that has a leg, brother, Brother Keith. Now, whoever thought, those that were in Sunday school, who would ever thought that Brother Keith would make an example of a roach leg? What kind of mind is that? <laughs> oh, I'm saying this, friend. This right here will be here when you die. He was here when you was born. If you're reincarnated, it'll be back when you get here too. And when you die for the second time, it'll be here. If you come back again and you die for the third time, it'll be here. It will not pass away. Can't fight against it. Can't go, can't go against it. It's truth. Hey, boy. All right, I'll show you another one. The Bible says uh, the scripture cannot be, uh, cannot not be fulfilled. I mean, whatever has been written in the Old Testament has to be fulfilled. The Bible teaches that. The Bible says that in there, in the, look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 18. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 18. Matthew 5 and verse 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. So, whatever God said will come to pass. Whatever Jesus says will come to pass. It all has to be fulfilled. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, it says he starts out with one jot. You see that word jot? Uh, it says one jot. We don't talk like this, but a jot is the very smallest letter uh, there in the Greek. The smallest letter. You can't get no smaller than a jot. And so he's saying that the very smallest matter of all matters will be fulfilled. And then he goes on and says this. One tittle. Now what's a tittle? A tittle is a dot or a point in that same language. And so he's saying, Jesus is saying, that the smallest little letter that you read in your Bible, and the very dot will be fulfilled. <laughs> There's, you say, well, I'm a tough girl. I'm a tough guy. I'm a tough gal. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Tuffy. You better get ready to fear God. Because if everything he says in this Bible is true, and the very jot and the very tittle, you better find yourself a place and get with God this morning and begin to confess your sins and get right with God, friend, because you're in trouble. If the Scripture is what they say they are, and they are, they are. The Bible says that the Bible, the Holy Bible, the Scriptures, my words today are the words that for word fulfilled means accomplished. It means completed and finished. Making the Word of God the Holy Scriptures of truth. Right? No matter what was said in the Old Testament, Scriptures. The New Testament, Scriptures. What about it? It's truth and everything will be fulfilled. That's good. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So what is the Word of God? It is the Word of truth. Here, let me give my, not my last point, but the last point for this morning is not only Jesus confirmed the Scriptures and the 
Bible confirmed the Scriptures, but I noticed the Holy Ghost confirmed the Scriptures. Look, in, if you would, uh, this morning in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 20. I told you I'd get there. That was all introduction. Now let's get to preaching. Look at verse 20. The Bible says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture. All right, Scripture. Where's that? What is that? Old Testament, what God said. New Testament, what Jesus said. Is of any private interpretation. In other words, you don't have your own interpretation of it. It's God's interpretation and the Holy Spirit's interpretation of Jesus' interpretation. For the prophecy came not of old time by the will of man, by holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so we find that the Holy Ghost confirmed the Scriptures. In other words, He's the author of the Scriptures. You say, who wrote the Bible? Holy Ghost wrote the Bible. Who's the author of these? Uh, the Holy Ghost is the author. Well, as far as I read it, I see 40 authors in the Bible. From Genesis down to Revelation, there were 40 authors. No, that's not true. I mean, there are 40 men that the Holy Ghost of God moved, but the author is the Holy Ghost of God. So that Bible that I have in my hand this morning uh, is a Bible that's true. But if it's true, then it doesn't have any errors in it. It doesn't have any uh, problems as far as being wrong at any time. Uh, there's absolutely uh, nothing but perfect. It's settled in heaven. And why is that? Because God said it. The Spirit is the author of it. And it's called the Holy Spirit. And so we find this morning, if you think men wrote the Bible, you're absolutely wrong. If you think there's errors or there's corrections in the Bible, you're absolutely wrong. You say, well, there's contradictions in the Bible, you're absolutely wrong. Can I say it like this this morning? If you believe that the Bible you have in your hand is something that man has got up or man has anything to do with or if there's errors or in these corrections or there's any type of things in the Word of God uh, that is wrong this morning, then you and I have no salvation. There's not a God and Jesus is not real. And the Holy Ghost is just a myth. I don't know what side you want to be on this morning, but I just want to believe what I'm telling you is true because it is true. But those who want to take the Word of God and want to throw it to the side and want to tell me that it's written by man has errors in it this morning. Friend, listen, uh, you, you're, you're too crippled to high for crutches. You know what that means? When you're crippled too high for crutches, that means that your infirmity is shoulder high. Because crutches go down from yeah. armpit down. Right? right? Mm -hmm. That means up here. <laughs> For my Spanish friends, local. <laughs> For those who really know Spanish, mucho loco. <laughs> For us gringos, crazy. Yeah. Oh my. So let's look at this scripture quickly this morning. I got five minutes. I want you to notice that the Bible teaches here, according to the Holy Spirit, confirmed the scriptures. He says, old time. He says in verse 21, came not in old time. In other words, it didn't come at a certain time. It came at God's time. So there was no certain time that the scripture had to, be, had to be written or had to come to buy. It was the old time. It was just God's time. Nobody pressed on God. Nobody said, you must get this done. Nobody said, listen, I want this, I want that. No, no, no. Old time. It's like the old way, the old path. Back in the old days. So we find God's timing. We see number two. Not... The will of man. The Bible says, not the will of man. The word the will of man means the determination of man. There's not a man on the face of earth since Adam that ever came to God and said, give me a Bible. 
Do you really think man wants a Bible? Give me a break. But do you think men desire and have determination and have a heart and have a hunger and a thirst for a Bible that's real and true without errors and tells them that they're without God, they're going to die and go to hell unless they repent of their sin and by faith receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior or they're going to go to hell? Do you think they want that really? So there's not the will of man at all who wanted the Bible. For you who say this is men written, you're, you're just ridiculous. Because man wouldn't want to write anything that condemned them. Men don't want anything that's going to show their darkness in the midst of light. You know, Jesus said, Jesus said, the reason why men hate me. Now, why would you hate Jesus? Think about it for just a moment. He came to the earth. He had no sin. He did no sin. He loved every single person. He was kind and meek and lowly. He was loving in every way. All he did was somebody come to him and they were blind and he just spit on the ground and, uh, and took some mud from his spit and put upon their eyes and they could see. It's all he did. Here they come as death. And he said, you can hear and they can hear. He had crippled. He said, walk, take up thy bed. And they walked. There's one coming, foaming out the mouth and hitting and beating and being untamed, friend. And Jesus said, come out of him. And he cast out the demon. There was little girls. There was little boys. There was old. There was new. There was young. Friend, there was Gentile. There was Jew. It didn't matter to Jesus, friend. Whatever the ailment, whatever trouble, whatever problem, he would save you and he would heal you. So my question is, why would you hate Jesus? But Jesus gave us the answer. He said this. He said, because I bring light Amen. to their darkness. Hallelujah. That's why. And that's what the Bible's talking about this morning. We find not by the will of man, not by the determination, the choice, the purpose, the pleasure. Number two, it was God's decision for this book. Number two, it was God's men that God chose. Look what it says in verse 21. Holy men. Holy men of God. These men were separated. These men were distinct men. These men were abnormal men. They wasn't normal men. See, holy men of God are weird. Holy men of God are different. Holy men of God stick out like a store thumb. Holy men of God can't mix in with the unholy men of God. The men of God today that are really truly men of God, friend, they'll look different. They'll talk different. They'll act different. They'll be hanging around with those that are different, friend. Uh, they are just a strange birds. The holy men of God. And these holy men of God is whom God had used in order for us to have the scriptures this morning. Holy men of God. Who separated them? God did. Who brought distinction in their lives? God did. And who made them abnormal? God did. Why would God do that? Because he wanted a scripture. That's why. He wanted the word of God. So, so far we find that it was God's timing. We find it was God's men. And then thirdly we find it was God's breath. Look what he says in closing in verse 21. As they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That being moved by the Holy Ghost, friend, it means this this morning. It means that they were led by God. There's not a jot nor a tittle in the Bible this morning from Genesis to Revelation that God didn't move. Can I say it like this? There's not a comma, a semicolon, a colon, a period, an exclamation mark, a question mark. Hey, friend, there's no uh, uh, English, grammatical, uh, whatever that may be said this morning, anything and everything in the way, a friend, of writing something this morning. Listen, there's a plenty of things in the Bible that an English student or teacher like Brother George would just shake his head. He said, man, that's not how you say that. Right, Brother George? Stand up, brother. I'm telling you, 
Friend, that the Word of God this morning has been led by God, moved of the Holy Ghost. No, I, but that word moved means driven. In other words, it's something, it's something to lead somebody. Y'all come follow me, okay? But man, when you get driven, it's like you're in the front. God's in the back. Right? Follow me, I'm led. Whew. It goes deeper than that. God's, these 40 men are holy. God was driving them by the Holy Ghost of God. But no, it goes deeper than that. Remember, they driven, but they were brought by God. Carried. Not only led and driven, but brought, carried, handled. But knowing that, friend, we find that they were ones this morning that were given the responsibility to take the Old Testament Scriptures and the New Testament Scriptures and to put them just like God said. Right. Just like Jesus said. Question this morning, who's the author of the Scriptures? Holy Ghost of God. Did man have anything to do with it? No. Did God breathe it into... Yes. Yes. We got more to say on this, but we'll end it right there. My question to you this morning is this. God said in Hebrews chapter 1, and I'll just read it to you. Don't turn there. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, it says, In his last days, spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he had made the worlds. What's he talking about? Talking about God said that in the past He spoke to the prophets and He spoke to His men. But in these last days, He speaks through His Son. Who is His Son? The Word of God. The Bible says in John 1.1, 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word. Can you all say it with me? In the beginning was the Word. Was God. Amen. That's what it says, didn't it? First John chapter 5, verse 7. By the way, the King James Version says this. There's three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Amen. You know what the NIV says? They all agree. Chunk the NIV. Matter of fact, don't chunk it. Give it to me. Somebody says, you know, I don't know what to do with the Bible when it gets old. If it's a King James Version Bible, I don't know what to do with it either. I can't throw it away. I got all my Bibles I ever preached from, and I got a lot of them. But I can't get rid of them. But you give me now NIV? I know exactly what to do with that. This morning, do you know that you know that you know that Jesus is your Savior? Amen. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I know it's a little different sermon this morning, but I want you to know the Word of God. Come back next Sunday morning, we'll finish it. I got something else for tonight. Matter of fact, I want to right now just invite you. Invite you tonight at 6 o'clock. I'm going to be preaching on the dung gate. You ever heard a message on the dung gate? Not very often. Where do you stand this morning with this book? Where do you stand? There's another frightening passage in for Brother George sings. It's in Proverbs 13, 13. I just thought about this. I'll read it to you. It says this. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. So this book I have in my hand and the book you got in your hand. Either give your life or destroy your life. What will you do with it this morning? You sing, Brother George. What will you do? What will you do? Sure don't deserve on the back seat of your car. It sure don't deserve in the trunk of your car. It don't deserve not to be picked up every day. During the week. 
Sure don't deserve to be looked upon and say, man wrote that. Man did that. Yes, amen. Blessed be your word today. Blessed be your word. Yes, amen. Where are you at with the Lord this morning? Is it well with your soul? Yes. Revelation 22, verse 18. Listen to this. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of this holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Talking about consequences with this book. Church, this ain't just a book. It's the Holy Bible. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, for your Holy Bible. There's so much more to be learned, but God, I thank you for what you give me. I pray each one of us, dear God, would have a greater love for your word today. God, may it change our lives. God, I pray you'll move in our hearts and move in our lives today. May we never forget the Scripture. God, please put it upon our hearts, upon our minds. Every single day, dear God, remind us of the precious Word of God. Thank you for those that are here this morning. Bless them today. I pray if there's any loss that they'd be saved before the day's out. Bring us back again at 6 o'clock tonight. God, I can't wait. In Jesus' name, amen. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain and you've got peace of mind like you've never known. But then things change, friend, and you're down in.
Still God in the night. 